0: Welcome back to episode 5 of After You. I'm Jane
1: and I'm Tarza and today I believe we're discussing
0: should all women support feminism and should feminism support all women.
1: Well, I think feminism should support all women. I'm not sure that all women should support feminism. Now again on this one I'm going to have to walk on eggshells because I am not a woman. I don't claim to be a woman and I don't think I'm a woman. However, I do think I've got observations that could be important regarding uh, how to explore it.
0: Okay. Uh, Yeah, I think you're completely right on that, of course, feminism should support all women. I think that's a pretty obvious answer. I think the far more complex issue is, should all women be feminists? And my first initial reaction to when we first broached the subject last week was, of course, it was like a resounding yes. Um, uh, one of the first things that sprung to mind was the amazing essay and TED Talk by Chimanda Ngozi Adichie, who wrote We Should All Be Feminists, and she gives this amazing, passionate argument um, that talks about how feminism should be about liberating women, it should be about opening up a conversation with men about our roles in society, Um, it should all be about championing so the world becomes a better place for everyone, which, who does not want that? Um, But then, of course, feminism is all about choice, and one of those choices should be whether or not you choose to reject the term feminism. Of
1: course. Now, again, I'm being very careful here because I am clearly not a woman and have nothing to say for being a woman. However, from my studies, I've seen uh, some women in the past, particularly the first movement, the suffragettes, decided that, no, 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 you're going to overburden people, women, with uh, having to decide about political choices and such. And so they were the first movement to be against Mm -hmm. feminism or the suffragettes at the time. And then about 1908, I believe, Women Against Feminism became a group. And that group still goes on to this day. And again, we've been through the second wave of feminism, uh, which I again think is a good thing. And we're into the third wave of feminism. And much of the argument nowadays for women against feminism is we are equal in the eyes of the law, therefore we are egalitarian. What is feminism? going to try and aspire to from this point?
0: I think it's important that we identify that we're not striving for sameness, we're striving for equality. It's not about oppressing men, it's not about flipping the script, it's about making it so that all roles are open for everybody and so you have a much greater choice And like I said, it's definitely not about oppressing men. If anything, it's working against toxic masculinity, but it's definitely not about oppressing men. Okay,
1: and again, this is a very simple, small thing. Again, I'm being very careful dancing about here. J.K. Rowlands made a character in one of her books, uh, I believe, homosexual, and that was seen as being a big progressive stance and a big step forward, and I'm all for it, right? However, later on, she decided that trans women weren't necessarily the same as naturally born women, and it seems that a large number of people turned on her for that. And she's a woman, and feminists were attacking her for that stance. And so, therefore, is feminism maybe the biggest misinterest? No, the other one, misogynist, uh, available to women.
0: I don't think so. I mean, we've already said that feminism should be for everyone, um, and trans women are women. And, in fact, because I would say one of the main failings of feminism is its lack of inclusion. Um, As I've already said, I would love it if everyone felt like they could call themselves feminist. I think that is what we should be working towards. However, I completely respect that many women feel like they have to reject the term because it doesn't include them. It's not inclusive. Um, In particular, uh, white feminism has shown itself to be incredibly toxic at times. It often centers white women. It's often dismissive of marginalized group contribution. Um, There's definitely plenty of examples of them suddenly becoming very defensive. Um, when they feel offended yeah I think feminism should be for all women all groups of women um, however they identify in terms of being you know, their sexuality uh, race and so on it should be for all women and like I said that's unfortunately often a failing of feminism whether it's how it's perceived and unfortunately there are many cases where white feminism in particular has been incredibly toxic
1: Okay, I'm going to come in with a devil's advocate stance here So, looking at the sexuality we've got the LGBT community and they're they're awesome, believe me I've went to every Pride walk that's been available to me anytime I've got the chance I've got no problem, love should be celebrated regardless I'm just curious where the H is in the LGBTQT. Where's the H? Where's the inclusivity of H, heterosexual, women who like men, or men who like women? Where are they in the LGBTQT? Now, again, I'm not asking because this isn't the, the, the debate we're having. We're talking about men versus women, that type of thing, right? Within feminism, where is the H? Where is the, whoa, we're looking for minorities. Whoa, we're looking for everybody that's, you know, feeling due to their sexual preferences. And that's all fine and dandy. And I'm all f- in support of it. Like I say, go it to every single Pride march I can. Where's the H in feminism?
0: I think this is why we need to promote into sexual feminism so that we recognise that, yes, women face discrimination for their gender, but also many women face discrimination also because of their race, their colour, their class, their sexuality, and it's why it's so important that we promote intersexual feminism, which I think, yes, it's definitely gaining traction, but definitely needs to be promoted way more. But the main thing that I keep saying is it is all about all women, whatever your sexuality is, whether or not that's being straight, gay, whatever you choose. Um, And, of course, there's no H in LGBTQ because that is all about celebrating being part of a group that isn't heteronormative.
1: Okay. And I'm perfectly fine with all of that. I am just very curious as to everyone on this planet, regardless of their own sexual orientation or gender or anything like that, have come from a heteronormative mother and father. That's just the way it is just now. Maybe in the future it will be different. I have no idea. All I'm saying is the H, which seems to be the normative, and by normative, we could talk about status quo. Everybody is born from a male and a female and they're conjoining, whether it is uh, consensual happy conjoining or otherwise. I'm just very curious to go back to your point earlier about white feminism. Mm-hmm. When we look at the the H being missing from feminism, the W, the white, seems to be prominent, and I'm very curious as to how that uh, privilege is received within white feminists.
0: I think, I mean, I'm trying to, as a white feminist, I'm trying to educate myself more on intersexual feminism, trying to read more books by women of colour, trying to listen to more podcasts, and then also trying to be more aware, I hate the phrase, but check my privilege of what's allowed people to being white. Um, you know, making an effort to make sure that, well, not to be dismissive of groups' experiences. Um, but when I was doing research for this particular episode, um, I was reading so many examples of where women felt they were either just either being dismissed, and, or even just the whole issue of race was being just skirted around, um, you know, maybe kind of going, oh no, peace and love, equality, everything's fine, and actually just trying to skirt the issue of racism. It's entirely, which is good for no one. Um, but there was other incidences that were recorded of where um, women of colour had called people out quite rightly, and. The woman had reacted by getting very defensive to the point was trying to paint the other person as being mean and aggressive. Mm -hmm. Um, There's plenty of examples of the whole white savior complex um, and of centering issues around white feminists. So there's obviously, there's clearly a lot of issues surrounding the fact that not all feminists are trying to be more progressive and trying to open their view of the world and of women's experiences and instead just shutting them down and anything we've spoken about quite a bit is the idea of going oh because I'm a feminist and you said you're a feminist I'm always going to support you and I'd say no like if you're a shit person you're a shit person like Yes, I might be, which I'm not proud of, maybe be willing to give you a little bit more of the doubt because I want to, you know, if I go, oh, you're a feminist straight away and surprise I'm quite excited to meet you and talk to you, you know, we've automatically got something that we both believe in. and um, just it's not that far away from me hearing that you also love Doctor Who. Great, let's have a beer and talk, you know, we've got a way in, you know, we are straight away we've got something we're potentially passionate about. Um obviously feminism as well, way more important than Doctor Who. Uh, mm, I don't know actually uh, <laughs> But as Of course I'm going to be Excited to talk to someone who is also A self-proclaimed feminist But I definitely won't If you say something that I disagree with Or you turn out to actually just be a shit Person um, You don't get a clean slate just because you're Calling yourself a feminist
1: Okay and so What I would come back to that one with uh, In this is not something I'm proud of, but it's something I've got to be honest with, is I would not meet somebody who went, I'm a Nazi Went, oh, let's be friends. But I would meet someone who said, I'm a a proponent of free speech. I think I should be able to say what I want, how I want, when I want, and for it to be available to all ears. And I go, cool, I'm going to march along with you. Now, I'm not going to walk alongside somebody that's supporting Nazi ideals. But I will support somebody who is up for free speech. Now, I'd rather know who is the Nazi and who is the racist and who is the conspiracy theorist and all this type of stuff. I'd rather not have them censored and find their own darker part of the web where we can't find them. I'd rather know up front, this is who they are, this is who they say they are. I'd like to know that up front. And so the same goes for feminists, right? I would like to know someone's ideas. Some feminists, obviously this is a big variety. Some are going to be like, "Nope, I'm a white feminist and this is my thinking. Some are going to be like, I'm a black feminist, this is my thinking, da-da-da. And hopefully somewhere in the middle is where we're trying to look for just good people. Right? But I'm not saying everybody's good people, because not everybody is good people. And so, yes, sometimes you have to march alongside people you don't agree with. And this is what intersectionality should focus on earlier in its uh, established education when you're walking or pushing your wheelchair alongside somebody because you know, everybody matters when you are in a collective, you've got to understand that there are people in that group that you do not agree with and within that you've got to say we're working for one purpose and beyond that, bugger off don't want to see you again and so, with me, it's about feminism, isn't equality in the eyes of the law the established equality that was originally implied and looked for, or is there more for feminism to aim towards? And if there is, what is that? I
0: think mean, there is so much more that feminism needs to be striding, striving for. I mean, obviously we've made huge stride forwards, you know, if there was ever a time I could live in I'd want it to be now I'm aware that I have more rights than ever women have had before me and that's amazing however you only need to look at any of the online campaigns which record thousands and thousands of stories from women all over the world recording their experiences of everyday sexism when you look at the tiny proportion of women who are CEOs in fortune 500 companies when you look at, you know, the, the wage gap. Um,
1: right, what is the wage gap? I'd like to explore that a little bit.
0: So the wage gap is that statistically as a woman, I can, should probably look up the numbers on this. We can do um, it all the time, do should. Um, that you are likely to be paid less than a man.
1: For the same job? Yes. So the, a sewage worker who is a woman, will get paid less than a sewage worker who's a man.
0: Well, that's what, obviously, this isn't going into...
1: Occupations.
0: No, I'm sure there's un- in plenty of jobs, like, for example, there's plenty of jobs which have main pay scales, and you work out the pay scales, and it's a simple... You know, gender doesn't come into it. However, there's now been plenty of studies done that when you look at overall as a society, you're going to find in nearly every level of employment a uh, gap between how much women are getting paid versus men and there's always seems to be a lot less women who are in senior leadership working at the top who are CEOs
1: Okay, I, I really am interested in the subject and I think we should bring it up at a, a future point uh, if you don't
0: mind Yeah, I'd have to I
1: do think it's a point all by itself mm-hmm. Today we're just talking about Women, feminism, feminism should support all women, Mm. should all women support feminism. That's where we're focusing today. Okay, so we've got feminism as an ideal for equality. Mm. Again, back in day one, I called that egalitarianism. So why are, in your opinion, some women pushing back against what they consider to be feminism they don't agree with?
0: I think it's because largely because of the amount of negative stereotypes that are still attached to feminism. I think it's still very much associated with women not wearing makeup, shaving, um, man-hating, which is obviously not the case. Um, Like Back in the 1920s, uh, feminists were considered spinsters, and there was always loads of discussion surrounding them about their sexuality and sadly I don't think we've actually really passed that. Um, I know there's been plenty of women who have said oh you know they can't be feminist because they don't hate men or like you said before you know who or who have men in their lives that they care very deeply about and actually see as being a feminist is almost working against them and that's just not true and I think this is the part where we really need to, as feminists, work on how we are perceived uh, because that's just not, at least it shouldn't be true. Feminism is all about equality for the sexes, and I think it's really interesting that when you look at polls done in the UK, um, people from all over the UK, from different classes, um, from different jobs, and so on, uh, men and women, have been asked about how they feel about equality in the workplace, in the home, generals, and the majority of them are saying, yes, 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 we want equality here, 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 and here, which I would automatically then go, oh, but in that case you're a feminist, that's what feminism is. And instead, when they're then asked, So would you consider yourself a feminist? The vast majority say no. And interestingly, despite the amount of of time This issue has spent in the spotlight lately. There hasn't even been much of an increase in the last 10 years of people that consider themselves feminists. And I do think it's mostly because of those negative stereotypes, the number one being the fact that we're a bunch of man-haters.
1: Okay, well, I can wade into this one, because since we're opening it to everybody, as a man, uh, I feel I'm included within those polls and I think one of the selective elements of it is men beyond MRAs men's rights activists don't generally tend to click together they don't find that they've got to go we are men now that could be seen as a patriarchy however I'm not that's a conversation for another day Okay. however I find men generally are just individuals who look at the world and go eh, that's wrong, that's right and put their their card into the, the ring as they see fit and so Feminism generally tends to be a collective group of people who say, well, we are either women or people who support women and we're going to be a collective. And I think maybe that's detrimental to the overall uh, well, how would you put this? Expected conclusion. And again, I don't think there is an expected conclusion. I think it's just a push for power every single time. And so, with regards to men, like, you know, do you want a kebab? Yes. No. That's your... Uh, That's your man's response, right? Whereas, do you want a kebab? I don't know, I've got to contact Twitter. Do I want a kebab? And then 10,000 people tell you yes, 4,000 people tell you no, and you go with whatever you think the majority is. That's what I'm saying is how feminism is being perceived, in my opinion, by many people these days.
0: So you think it's maybe diminishing... Individuality, yeah. Okay. But then I think you could probably say that for any collective group, and I actually would say the opposite. I think people are drawn to communities. I definitely enjoy being part of a community. Like, I don't feel like it diminishes my individuality at all. I don't feel forced to think a certain way or have a certain view. Are you sure? Yes. (laughs) I mean, maybe it's because... You know, I suppose to me it's not a club, and I think, yes, social media and the internet has a lot to <laughs> answer for, but I think one of the amazing things about the internet and social media is the fact that you can find, <laughs> though no, this, is an, this is obviously not a good thing all the time, you can find people who share the same views as you, you can find online communities, so even when you're in places, so you know, currently we're both not living in the countries that we grew up in and maybe it would be harder to find people that would be part of maybe communities that we would have in the UK, it's still possible to find these communities online. And I find it quite reassuring, comforting finding strength in having that community. Oh, that's
1: one of I mean, my reason for exploration of the world is to challenge all the Beliefs I had back within the UK. And I've got to say, even within the UK, they were challenged every day. There's a set of uh, prejudices I held as a younger man uh, that have proven to be completely and utterly dispelled just by going to England and living there. And this is a little hat's off message to all my English friends. Yes, in Scotland, they think you hate them. In England, in England, you guys are all right. You guys are good. Not high
0: praise indeed. Not
1: the same in the way back necessarily. Right, is all I'm saying. But having travelled the world, uh, I've got to say, yeah, I'm not looking to reinvigorate or rejuvenate my beliefs from the UK. If anything, the reason I left the UK was to challenge them, and I've got to say that's been a much more worthwhile effort actually experience it first-hand, than trying to explore it in some sort of abstract academic sense within the UK. Being first-hand, I can now say for sure, people are decent, generally. Not everybody, but generally, people are decent. And people generally don't have prejudice outside of their own culture. So yes, sometimes women are seen as being more precious which is weird, because feminism, in my opinion, women want to be on a pedestal, and it's like, nah, nah, nah. Check out, you know, Indonesia, right? Women aren't on a pedestal, but they are protected like they are. Whereas in the UK, women feel they should be, and I find that to be sexist in itself. It's like self-born sexism. Uh, and again, there's lots more things to can talk about the world. I'm just very curious as to how. A UK born woman, Jane, can find the world to be against her with regards to her sex when I've only ever seen what I would say is a quite encouraging and almost supportive today type of world.
0: Yeah, like you said, we've both travelled all around the world and you're completely right. Like I have received a lot of support. generally like you so said people are decent, people are good. Um, you know, also I'm aware of about, like privilege. I'm definitely aware of particular travel that in some ways I've definitely been able to use the fact that I'm more to my advantage, the fact that straight away I'm not a threat. And you know, I've had people approach me over breakfast or hey, can I sit with you and we're gonna become friends and go on tours together and um, and so on. So, you know, I know I'm aware as well I can definitely um, if I ever felt that he played play the victim a little bit and, you know, get help quite easily um, if I wanted it or needed it. However, you do only need to look at statistics to see that women are on the back foot. And then there are some things that, for example, with travels, that seems to be what we're talking about at the moment, like one of the things I will automatically do when going to a new country is look at, women's rights in that country, if there's any expectation, you know, on what I should wear, how I should act, and I'm fine by that, I'm visiting a different, well, may not fine, but I am aware I'm visiting a different culture, and I will adhere to that, but I don't feel like that's something, and please, correct me if I'm wrong, that men do, I don't think they, they go, oh, am I going to be particularly in danger, or is there things I should particularly carry or do? If I'm in this country, well, just
1: 20 minutes before coming to this uh, podcast, I was walking down the street here, and I saw four Muslim women, various ages. Uh, I think two were children, and two were adults. And I was walking with a beer in my hand. Now, again, beer's haram, which is you know not allowed in Islam. Now, again, I know I'm not Muslim, and so I know it's fine. But at the same time, I hid it laying my hand. Now, that's not to say they weren't aware of it because they saw me up ahead. But yes, I was being as respectful as it possibly could be to a culture which isn't the majority in this particular country. Even. And I said to them, as alaikum." I got, wa alaikum assalam," Back. And off I went. So yes, I think some men, and I can only speak for myself in this one, do necessarily try and respect the culture they're in as best they can. Now, the majority... So the majority even leave the country that are born in?
0: Yeah, I think this is going beyond just respecting a culture. It's about how are you being treated differently or how are you forced to act dif- differently as a result of your sex?
1: Okay, Jane. Right. So, wait, a second ago I just spoke about a cultural difference regarding... See, now, again, from my understanding, a uh, Muslim woman couldn't say anything to me because that would just be wrong. But at the same time I respect that and I hide a bottle of beer, just behind my hands, not making a big deal of it, but just so it's not on display. So I'm not being disrespectful to her or them, and they also can't say anything because clearly as a man within the Muslim culture that I'm aware of, that would be out of line. Where's uh, the sexism in that one?
0: So I would refer to that behaviour as being culturally sensitive, which I think we all aim to do no matter what our sex is. What I'm saying is that often women have to change their behaviour for their safety in a country, and that right there is sexism.
1: Mm, Okay. And so, if a woman is born into a culture, a country, which has a safety issue, I can completely understand when a woman visits a culture or country which they know to be against what their ideals would be regarding safety, is there any element of a, I don't know, let's call it colonialist or privilege or whatever you want to call it, is that an aspect of it?
0: Possibly. But I think when we're striving for equality, what we're looking at is how it's different based on your sex. And I think the same applies to things like homophobia, like I know lots of people who have to unfortunately check how a country treats LGBTQ people um, to see if they're going to be treated differently um, because of the way they portray their sexuality or if they want to travel with their partner. Um, you know, and whether or not they can actually put them in danger. And that's what I'm talking about here in terms of sex. is isn't just, it's going beyond being culturally sensitive. It's going beyond respecting a different culture. It's going, if I was a man, would I, and I'm not a man, so hopefully you can clarify this for me, would I be going, yes, there's going to be some safety differences between maybe where you've grown up and the country you're visiting. I'm not saying that. But... Are there problems regarding your safety and the way that you're going to be treated based on your sex? Would you check for those? Because as a woman, I know I do. And do you do those as a man?
1: As a man, I certainly consider fellow travellers who are women and uh, look to... I suppose, be a misogynistic asshole bastard and look after them, as best I can, because yes, there are certain countries where women are treated differently, and in those countries I'm going to be the big brother, and without any intention or consent or any of that, I'm going to be the asshole that looks after them. Because I think that's just a decent thing to do.
0: This is kind of heading back to our first episode on benevolent sexism. And I would question whether or not you're doing that just to be a considerate, decent person. And maybe it is even directed at particular sex just because of the cultural climate. Or are you doing that because you feel that women are inferior or cannot cope as well? And I know that that was a whole other episode, so we don't need to get into that. But I think one thing which I think is really interesting at this point to highlight is that one of the big reasons why a lot of women reject the term feminism, I think, is because it is associated with playing the victim. I do think a lot of people now believe that women and men are treated as equal, and therefore by being a feminist, you're kicking up a fuss about nothing and actually you victimising yourself um, and I just don't think that's the case
1: Again, uh, going back to the first episode we had together, with Jane I do think that's the case I think me being the benevolent sexist, or however you wish to put it is me Trying my very best to make sure that everybody is equal, and again, I'm going to call that egalitarianism. Or you guys Google it. Right? I'm not going to repeat it because I'm half cut at this point.
0: Hmm. Well, at least I think this is a good note to end on. That we can both agree. Yes, we disagree a lot, but we can both say that we agree on fighting for equality, uh, and maybe we just need to change the narrative of what feminism is standing for so that it can actually be in a place where it can represent all women and that it is a term that resonates with more people, both men and women.
1: And I would say, nope. It's time to completely change the name of feminism and adapt it into egalitarianism because that already exists and has done for a long time and we're all equal. There's no need to put your gender forward, unless A feminist wishes to say an MRA is as equal to them as they are to themselves.
0: As I said before, at the core, we're not fighting for sameness, we're fighting for equality. And the reason why it has to be feminism rather than egalitarianism (laughs) is, unfortunately, women are on the back foot.
1: And I would disagree. I don't think women are on the back foot. I think, whenever, and I've said this many times, women and minorities, that's just to big up the numbers, right? Women are 51% of the population of the West, and when you add minorities in there, you just make your numbers bigger. Men are the minority, as a fact. That's just the numbers. So, yes. Which
0: makes it even more absurd that we live in such a patriarchal society.
1: Well, do we. Again, next time on... Mm. After hours or after you, what we Uh Yes.
0: We will explore that more by discussing women in the workplace and the wage gap. I think. Okay.
1: And the state school not being a real <laughs> tune
0: in next time. See
1: you then.